Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Latch Mama podcast. Um, once again, we are here at the Latch Mama headquarters um, outside of Midlothian, Virginia. And I am actually really excited about today's podcast. Um, we're switching off a little bit from breastfeeding, pregnancy, um, early, early, early parenting stuff. And we are actually going to talk to a school counselor today. Because for those of you who have school-aged children, um, it's been a little tough, I think, for the last um, year and a half, I would say. So we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that the fall is coming and that for most kids, we're going back to school. Um, and we are going to talk to a school counselor today. So um, stay tuned. You're listening to the Latch Mama podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, business owner and tired mom of five. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, nursing, parenting, and all things motherhood. Hi, Gente. How are you? I'm doing great. I am so happy you're here. We were just talking before we started about how much of a gift I feel like this podcast is sometimes to me as well, just because I get to talk to experts I wouldn't normally talk to, and I get to get all the all the tea on, on, how, on how to help me with my kids, too. So it's nice. Um, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell everybody a little bit about you. Sure. Well, it's not every day that I get to be considered an expert. <laughs> I love it. So that sounds pretty fancy. I mean, 13 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think years. that puts you in expert category for sure. Love it. <laughs> um, so I'm a school counselor with both elementary and middle school experience. Um, I am embarking upon a new position. Next year, I'll be the pre-K through 12 school counselor at the Stewart School. That's awesome. So very excited about that. Um, I have been between Chesterfield in my early career and then most recently in Henrico County. Okay. Um, and I also have an educational consulting business, the Energetic Counselor. So that's, that's awesome. me. I love it. Um, and, um, you know, being a school counselor is my passion. Uh, yeah. School-based mental health is what drives me and what I feel like is my calling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my dream job. I can't imagine doing anything else. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I think it's so funny, you know, when you're in the trenches of early, early parenthood, because you have two children yourself. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about like, are they ever going to sleep through the night? Or like, how do I start solids? Or, you know, like how, how do I deal with tantrums? But then all of a sudden there's this stage of parenthood where you start to realize they're turning into you know, true humans mm-hmm. with feelings and true, true emotions that, you know, they can sometimes trigger things in us and they can sometimes, you know, bring up things that we hadn't thought about that we don't know where resources, you know, to turn to and stuff. So I think positions like yours and I don't know, just the fact that you're so passionate about it is such an amazing kind of lesson just in general that there are resources for people everywhere. You know, I I remember being so relieved when I first found a speech therapist for my kid. And I thought it was like this huge monumental thing that we needed to get him, him help with some of his sounds and some of his speech. But then I realized what a huge blessing she was to our life. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure families everywhere have felt the same about you for the last 13 years. So thank you. Oh, well, I sure hope so. Uh, Definitely having my own children has helped me to just really explore 
even my job and what I do as far as my passion um, in a unique way. Yeah. Karis is 10. Okay. So she's an older elementary school child and Berkeley is getting ready to start kindergarten. Oh my gosh. So, and I definitely see some of my personality traits playing out in them 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a exciting, cool thing to kind of watch them grow into their own people. Um, But yeah, you know, also look at them and want them to succeed, you know, socially and emotionally as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess we can just get started. I mean, what what has the last year and a half looked like for these kids? I mean, it has been you said something that was just kind of stopped us all in in our tracks. Like there's no way to come out on the other side of covid as a child without some sort of trauma situation. 100%. Um, And I think there are so many different levels um, with COVID um, and with us being in the middle of a pandemic. I think we have to remember that children are at home a lot more. Mm -hmm. School has been so many children's safe haven. And with them being at home, they've been exposed to things that they may not have been exposed to. Um, They may have been exposed to... um, you know, different caretakers and caregivers Mm -hmm. because parents are trying to balance uh, childcare and working. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, also isolation. So children haven't been able to play with their friends the same way that they played with them before. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been so readily available. And for parents, um, it's a huge undertaking to even plan social activities. How do I keep everyone safe? Um, Not only my own kids, but Mm -hmm. uh, the other children that are under my care. Um, And then, you know, teachers have done a miraculous job really just trying to forge connections. But um, at the end of the day, it hasn't been the same. And I think we have to own that and recognize that it has been just a very different reality for children um some have been learning virtually for a long period of time some were able to go back into a school building um some parents have pivoted the way they educate their child completely Mm -hmm. um homeschooling private schooling online schooling um there's just i don't think we can really put any child's experience in a box at this point I feel like from a counselor perspective, walking into like a large population and not knowing exactly what the kids realities have been can be a little daunting. Like in the idea that I just look at like what our life has looked like as a family. I have this is number six that will be joining us in October. And, you know, some of the younger ones, things didn't really change. But for some of the older ones. The conversations that we have had to have, in my opinion, at a young age, just about, you know, viruses and death and fear and just stuff that I feel like we weren't quite ready for, but it was something that we just had, we had to do as a family. And the way we adjusted is so different than other people, than other friends of ours and the the rules we made as a family. And it's been a really overwhelming experience to realize that, you know, in a in a parenthood where there's not always, you know, non-judgmental ways, suddenly we have to teach this huge lesson that everybody's reality has probably looked very different for the last year and a half and really, truly starting to respect that. Um, from a from a counseling perspective, we're getting ready to start school again. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice on how parents should really approach those anxious feelings that 
I'm sure that even the most well-adjusted, very protected child from all of this is going to feel, you know, they're going to feel walking back into school. Sure. I call this the tough stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I love saying that transparency can be transformational. Okay. Um, because authenticity is so important to children. They can spot fake phony that you're yeah. putting on a brave face from a mile away. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's okay to tell children when we don't know mm-hmm. and when we're a little afraid too. Mm-hmm. I think the power of positivity goes a long way. Um, but you know, it can't be fake. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to not shy away from having those courageous conversations Absolutely. with them and teach them that being uncomfortable is mm-hmm. normal and natural. And that's how we learn and how we grow. Absolutely. Um, so first of all, just very simple talking to your child, mm-hmm. just having those conversations. Yeah. Um, I recently had to make a decision with this new Delta variant on whether I got vaccinated, you know, heading into you know, what was going on. And I made the decision, you know, and I made the decision to get the vaccine and I came home yesterday and had a bandaid on my arm and my nine-year-old spotted it first. And he's like, mom, what is that? I was like, well, you know, things are changing a little bit with COVID. And, you know, this is a decision that your dad and I, and, and, you know, I talked about our midwife, you know, we made together as a family and they said, but it hasn't been tested. Like, aren't you scared? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 what, what does this mean? What does this mean for our baby brother? Mm-hmm. And it was such an amazing opportunity. Just like you said, there's no room right now because there are so many things unknown. There's no room right now to really not be transparent, mm-hmm. you know, to really, really, you have to trust them sometimes mm-hmm. with these bigger, these bigger concepts. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, buddy, nobody really knows what it means, but we feel like we've gathered the information and I can share the information with you, make them have comfortable. But it's exactly what you're saying is that if I had said, Oh, it's fine. It's been tested, mm-hmm. you know, somehow in the last, you know, six months or eight months, you know, there's, they would have looked at me and they would have called BS on me, mm-hmm. you know, but it was such an amazing moment that I feel like it was a proud parenting moment for me. Cause we could have a conversation and I mean, I didn't hide my fear. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't say, Hey, you know what? We absolutely know it's completely safe. We're going to be okay. Um, but it's, it, you're, you're absolutely right. And I feel like so many people have hopefully grown in that in the past year and a half of having to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's so refreshing for a child to hear their parents say, I don't know. It it just disseminates that hierarchy. You know, Mm -hmm. like the parent is no longer, oh, they're so much smarter and better than me. It's like, wow, I've got a comrade. I've got somebody that's on the same level as me. Yeah, that's such a that's such a great point. So, you know, I think some people have gone from masked to unmasked now we're pretty much back into mass with this delta variant i feel like in some ways the anxiety got lowered as Mm -hmm. adults got vaccinated now you have this delta variant that's affecting kids more how do you have that conversation with why why things are changing is it just educating them and being as transparent as possible still sure um whenever kids are nervous or anxious i always like to think about what short, quick, easily memorable, um, kind of safe responses can I have them kind of practice in their heads? So almost like mantras, you know, okay. to help them to make sense of things. Um, 
I was the summer school counselor at a pilot program called Gator Camp okay. at Greenwood Elementary School in Henrico this summer. Um, you know, and I had some parents tell me that, you know, the kiddos were getting, you know, anxious again about school starting back again because, you know, it wasn't summer camp. Yeah. Um, it was school. And, you know, what is school going to look like? Because it, we know it's going to be different than it was before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I worked with with kids on uh, mantras. And I remember um, one little guy's mantra being um, he, he was kind of having meltdowns in the car, getting out of the car, going mm-hmm. uh, going into gator camp. And I said, well, how about this? I said, when you go, I want you to practice and play over and over in your head three um, like sentences and he said um, I am safe I always have fun and I make so many people proud oh my goodness and he just repeated that over and over in his head and I said I want you to start when you see the school sign okay and I want you to keep repeating it as you come in the front door and then when you come in the front door you're gonna see me yeah and so that was his like little journey so I'm safe. I always have fun. And there are so many people that are proud of me. Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, because the bottom line is, like we just said, I mean, there are so many unknowns at this mm-hmm. point, And we can pretend like we know the answers. Or we can just say, hey, you know, we're all doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's such a good thing, even for adults, you know, to, you know, to remember in general. Um, so... I understand kind of like my kids are homeschooled. We were talking mm-hmm. about this. So I don't have a great, you know, kind of reference point in terms of how the whole system works, but are there certain things that parents can advocate for or what are the best ways that, you know, parents can kind of reach out and say, Hey, th- these are important for me going forward, or this is what our past years look like. These are places that we've struggled as a family. Um, this is what I'm worried about going forward into the whole new school year. I think if ever there was a time to get involved with your child's school and their education, if it wasn't before, it's certainly now. Um, I think in elementary school, it's easy. Uh, parents are usually excited and willing to help. They want to cut things out or, yeah. you know, laminate things. But um, when they get into middle and high school, that connection to school needs to continue. And that's where we see parent engagement start to die off because they're a little bit more independent. They can do things on their own. Um, so I think really being just naturally connected and involved outside of what are you going to do to keep my kids safe yeah. is, is a good just kind of baseline foundation. Um, I think it's important to ask powerful questions. You know, how are you keeping my child safe at school um, and not just physically safe, medically safe, but how are you keeping my child emotionally safe? Yeah. Um, how are we going to in a school environment that's mm-hmm. created for academics still going to Maslow before we bloom? So mm-hmm. how are we going to address those um, social emotional needs first and then that way kids are, are ready and able to handle those academic demands. And I mean, I think you made a great point earlier before we actually started recording about the fact that 
that's where you feel the mm-hmm. focus needs to be mm-hmm. is we need to focus on making sure our kids are okay mm-hmm. before we start jumping back into academics. Right. What does that look like? Well, and I think it's difficult. I think because so many children have missed out on valuable instruction. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it definitely is a very hard reality. So I think it's great that you said, you know, what does that look like? Um, I think from the jump street, um, just building that sense of community. The second they come into the classroom, letting them know that they feel valued. Morning meetings are great. Mm-hmm. Um, creating that family sense in the classroom. Um, create Having sharing time. Um, you know, avoiding conversations like, uh, you know, what did you do during the summer? Or what have you done during the pandemic? Because those can really spark and trigger really... Um, challenging situations that happen for them and that can almost like challenge um well sorry stem that trauma it can kind of trigger that trauma so avoiding conversations like that but just letting them share openly what they they feel and what they're thinking and what their questions are and then in the same way we just just discussed parents being vulnerable also having teachers and educators be vulnerable mm-hmm. too. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of morning meetings, okay. um, just kind of setting the the tone of the day, especially since we have to remember that children have been out of school. So they may have forget forgotten about routines. Yep. They may have forgotten about where do I put my coat? Mm-hmm. And this is a new classroom. So, you know, when do we have lunch yeah. um, and things like that? I know here, um, at least in Chesterfield County, you know, school it stopped on a Friday and then they didn't go back mm-hmm. for weeks and months. Yep. I'm pretty sure from, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a counselor, but I would say that's probably a pretty traumatic experience yep. for most kids. Um, mm-hmm. Their realities changed very, very quickly. I know from a parent who may not have kids in school, but even for my nine-year-old who is very routine, routine-based, mm-hmm. you know, you change breakfast or who's Mm -hmm. picking him up from something and it Mm -hmm. turns him on his on his head for for days and weeks Mm -hmm. how do we reassure kids that I mean we can't reassure kids it's not going to happen again but how do we really make them feel safe that it's going to be okay so children thrive in routine Mm -hmm. and even in the midst of chaos we can create some sort of routine for them and I think having those conversations about hey this is going to be different and preparing them that it's going to be different mm-hmm. but we're going to do our best to you know we coined the term this the new normal right mm-hmm. this is going to be our new routine um, when children know what to expect that really helps to um, almost combat that those feelings of anxiety okay anxiety is fear of the unknown Okay. So when they know a little bit, even a, a small bit about what they can expect, it kind of helps them to battle and combat that sense of, of I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I saw a lot um, on social media and on the Internet, which at times it was overkill about mm-hmm. setting up these cute little home classrooms. Yep. I did it. I'm one of them. I'm guilty. <laughs> I love it. I did yep. it. Um, And, you know, does it all need to be Pinterest from head to toe? No. Um, But uh, I think the take home bit about that is that sense of normalcy. Yep. My daughter, even though she was virtual for the entire year last year, she had a sense of calm knowing that like this is where I'm going to be doing my learning. Yep. Um, Did I give up my dining room? Yes. Yes. 
I did. <laughs> it is no longer a dining room. It is a holder of things. Yes, But absolutely. she felt so safe in that little space because mm-hmm. that was hers. And she knew that that was where she was going to go and learn every day. That's such a that's such a great point. Because, um, I mean, I know I see it in my kids when it's like, you know, where's Alex going to do virtual speech today? You know, mm-hmm. is he going to be in the basement? Or no, there's crafts going on there. You know, and it's it really does really hit home to the fact that like it doesn't have to be that same routine just as long as there is a routine somewhere and I think balance is key too like Mm -hmm. they need to know that sometimes things will get off schedule everything Mm -hmm. cannot always be perfectly in line with the routine but Mm -hmm. I think when we can kind of let them know what to expect it helps them to be able to mentally prepare for things like that like hey buddy today we're going to be a little bit off schedule we've got a really busy day it's going to be a really full day but you know I know we're going to get through it and we're gonna have ice cream tonight yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) um my biggest challenge that I feel like I've felt as a parent is how to balance, and I kind of hit on it earlier, how to balance the fact that our family is going to make certain decisions about where our safety bubble is and where our comfort level is. Mm-hmm. And other families are going to do differently or the same. Mm-hmm. And when those kids come back together or when they overlap and maybe one has a mask on and one doesn't, or one is going to run off and get that vaccine as soon as it's available. And maybe somebody isn't, it's a huge, important life lesson. Mm-hmm. I feel like, because we all have, we all have freedom. We all have choice in life, mm-hmm. but any, any thoughts on how to balance that from a social like social situation as a kid sure so I love teaching children about the circle of control okay so you've got a circle the things that are inside the circle are the things that we can control we can control that we we wear masks we wash our hands we try to stay a safe distance away from people Um, but what can't we control we can't control other people's choices so it's nice for them to have a visual I even use a whiteboard and like draw it on a whiteboard I draw the circle and I write the things that are within their control and I let them supply those things inside the circle and then the things that they can't we visually write them outside so they of the can circle control, like how much sleep they get or what yep. they eat or you know how they keep themselves safe yep. or how they treat others but then they can't control what's outside of their circle and one thing to remember about children as adults mm-hmm. we want to just talk to them about things which is great i've said so many times already that talking is so key um but children struggle with abstract concepts things that okay. they can't see they can't touch, um, that it's not something that's concrete. So, you know, when things are abstract, um, like time, mm-hmm. a virus, they can't mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. Right. They know it's there, but they can't see it. Um, things like de- even like death and dying, which is yep. something I deal with as a, as a school counselor. Um, anything that we can do to make those abstract concepts more concrete is critical. So drawing things, Mm -hmm. videos, children's books. Mm -hmm. I I have so many books. I'm kind of addicted to books. Um, I think it's fantastic. I hadn't even, I mean, I hadn't even, (laughs) it's so bad because I have so many kids, but I hadn't really thought about the fact that like, there's so many examples of that Mm -hmm. from parenthood that I realized that as soon as you slow down and you actually make them more concrete, Mm -hmm. they, they work. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things I know personally we're kind of dealing with as a family is that, you know, kind of the crutch that we stood on and we held on to as a family throughout this last year and a half, I don't know, is, has been the fact that like 
for the most part, kids are safe for the most part. You know, this is a virus that's really affecting older individuals and, Mm -hmm. but the conversation is changing Mm -hmm. surrounding it. And without really getting into the science and stuff like that, it's been a change for our family a little bit because there are some different precautions and I know what's going to happen is things that kind of went back to normal in terms of activity wise. Mm-hmm. Are, my guess is when they start again in the fall, mm-hmm. they're going to look more like they did at the beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. when we've congratulated our kids and said, Hey, how proud we are of you. We've gotten here. Things are moving forward. Things are getting better. And in so many ways, the fall may start to look like we've taken steps back again until, you know, there are more vaccines and things like that. Holy moly, what a big concept for a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, what? Any advice? (laughs) I know I'm throwing something huge at you. No, no. Um, But again, I think it goes back to, um, you know, thinking about the things that we can control and the things that we can't. Um, Another analogy that I use with kids is a picture frame. So, you know, it's how you frame things. So we can look at things through a dirty, rusty, broken picture frame, or we can look at things um, in a picture frame that's shiny, that's new, that's reflective of growth and things like that. Um, I think that, you know, balance is is, is going to really be key in being honest and open with them, but also um, telling them, like I said, that, you know, we don't know and, and expressing your frustration. Yep. I'm frustrated that things are not normal too. Yep. You know, this is hard for me. Um, another thing that you, you brought up and made me think about it is where things were kind of going back to normal mm-hmm. or pseudo normal and yeah. then we're backtracking yeah. um, is activities outside of school. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring this up because I know in my work with students, um, children, adolescents, I have found that many kiddos, uh, if they can't associate with students face to face in school, mm-hmm. they had like extracurricular activities where th- that were a little bit more safe, mm-hmm. like maybe they were outdoors and they mm-hmm. could do things. Yep. So I think as parents, we have to be cognizant of looking into safe activities mm-hmm. that we feel comfortable with and that our child feels comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be a different activity than what they were used to, mm-hmm. or that activity may look different. Mm-hmm. So if you have a child that's never yeah. played sports before, yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Yep. Maybe get them outside and they're going to try some sports. Yeah. Now. I mean, I needed some place for, I wanted my nine year old to try something new this week and, threw him in a football camp for the week (laughs) and he was probably very miserable, but he was outside. I felt like he was safe and, uh, you know, it was a somewhat good experience Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's so funny that you say that because I, I come to this podcast so much from like a mothering standpoint and it's so hard, I think for moms sometimes to separate what's best for their family and Mm -hmm. their family decision Mm -hmm. and what other people are doing and what other mothers are doing. And I think it's just, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's not, there's not an answer for it. You know, there's not an answer for, uh, you know, how, how this kind of affects the kids and their mentality, but it's, you know, you may feel like it's safe to go to storybook hour at the, at the library where another family may think that, Absolutely not. I'm not going to be in an indoor space with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's really, really hard, I think, sometimes to find your voice as a parent mm-hmm. um, and then make sure your kid is seeing that confidence and, mm-hmm. you know, understanding why we're making different decisions than sure. somebody else's family. And and I think also as parents, we kind of balance things out, too. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I selected and made the decision for my child to stay virtual yep. all last year, but she did go to dance classes. Well, dance classes, they danced in a square yep. with a mask on, and it yeah. was the same children in every class. So yep. she was with the same few children, and, you know, it was less than 10 children in a space. Yep. So as a parent, I kind of had to weigh out, like, if I'm seeking out safe activities for my child, mm-hmm. what are some things that I can do that are, you know, less risky than others? Yep. Um, and I think we have to... There's no dotted line that we have to sign on that says Mm -hmm. you are either super cautious about Mm -hmm. being in the pandemic or you're not. Mm -hmm. And you can't cross that line. I think we have to make some really blurred line, gray area decisions. Because those social things are important to Mm -hmm. a child's development. Correct. I mean, I don't think that that's that's not rocket science. Right. Right. Putting them in situations where they are around other kids. Mm -hmm. Um hopefully safely or mm-hmm. wherever that comfort level is as a family mm-hmm. is important. What else do you want to add? Anything you want to leave people with? I know this is such a stressful, overwhelming time for so many families everywhere. Sure it is. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, it is stressful for so many people in so many different ways. Um, You know, schools are really, really working hard for kids and, and trying to do our best to bridge some of those um, gaps that, that, and not just learning. Yeah. I think that's always the highlight, Um, but trying to foster those relationships, even through computer screens. Yeah. Um, And I think utilizing those resources that are available. Um, I'm a school counselor, but a lot of people don't know a lot about my job and how it works. Um, Even people that have children at school with school counselors. Um, But, you know, I have to put a little plug in for the profession. Um, We are a great resource within schools that can do short term um, work with students and Mm -hmm. then let you know if, hey, this is a, a challenge that's going to need some more extensive help you know here are some places that would be really helpful um you know as a school counselor we always refer a group of of services so that families can make the best decision Mm -hmm. for their family um i would never as a school counselor say oh you should go to this lady she's great because what if that person isn't great for your family i think she's great but you may not think she's great so i think utilizing resources at school school school-based mental health teams um Uh, school counselors, um, and, you know, just being authentic with with our children. I love that lesson. Like, I love both of the things you just said. I think as I've kind of gotten my sea legs in motherhood, I've (laughs) definitely learned that there are so many people ready, willing, and able to help Mm -hmm. us with our children's struggles. Because let's be honest, no child, whether raised by a counselor or not, Mm -hmm. is a is going to, you know, be absolutely perfect at everything mm-hmm. that they try and do. They're going to be struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really just kind of, I want to say sometimes checking your ego at the door and realizing that there are people who have literally 
created their life's work around helping us parent our children yes. and make them the best, healthiest individuals they can possibly be. And yeah. it's such a really, really cool moment. I feel like when you hit that in parenthood mm-hmm. and you realize it doesn't make you less of a mother, mm-hmm. it just makes you realize that there are amazing resources out there and amazing people who, who want to care and help you through yeah. motherhood. So Sure. And I, I think seeing those people mm-hmm. as real people too is important. Um, My own children are very type A. They get it from their mom. (laughs) And um, they are, you know, very high strung. My oldest struggles with anxiety. And you would think, well, your mom's a a school counselor. You know, why do you have anxiety? But I'm a real person and my kids are real kids. And I'm transparent about that because I want parents to feel okay coming to me and saying, hey, you know, I'm expecting empathy because, you know, you're not a perfect person. I'm not a perfect person. Let's be imperfectly perfect together. Absolutely. Oh, I love that lesson. Imperfectly imperfect and transparent. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like I've learned so much and hopefully everybody else has too. No problem. Thank you for having me. 